And welcome to the Macedonian Content Farmers Podcast. My name is Jason Miko. I am coming to you from the foot of the Catalina Mountains in Oro Valley, Arizona. It is cold and gray here, as is appropriate to an early day in January. Actually, one-third of the way through the new year. It's January 10th, Thursday already. And my co-host is... Tvitin Chulimanov. I'm calling in from uh, Skopje, the Republic of Macedonia, as it shall remain for us at least. Uh, here, here. Even though the, uh, there are feverish attempts ongoing to try to, to change the name. and But uh, it, it appears it's not, not to be going so well, at least today. We are recording on uh, Thursday evening uh, Macedonian time and uh, apparently they don't, do not have the votes uh, yet, even after defining a two-thirds majority is 80 votes, not 81 as it should be. And still they are short and we'll see what happens tomorrow. It's still most most likely to to pass. It's still most likely to be adopted in the parliament, but uh, it's been a disastrous procedure so far. Yeah, my understanding, so they, they convened on, well, let's see, we had Christmas on Monday. I hope you had a nice Christmas. As could be expected under the circumstances, but it was nice. All right, great, good. Well, we had Christmas on Monday. Tuesday, people just starting to get back to uh, kind of the swing of things, sort of. Uh, Wednesday, I guess, was the first day that the parliament convened, correct? Yeah. Definitely. And then no votes, no dice. And then Thursday, uh, no, thir- today is Thursday. Haha. <laughs> uh, almost Friday there. Still Thursday here. So no no votes, no dice. And so so you're saying tomorrow they're going to get together again and uh, give it the old heave-ho. Yeah, it's planned for tomorrow, for Friday at noon, Macedonian time. So, uh, as Svetin, as I peruse the news, I, I see various things coming up talking about the, one, of, one of the problems that the Prime Minister of Hazi- is having in trying to sell out Macedonia is that he can't get uh, the small uh, minority Albanian party, uh, BESA, to agree to, uh, to this. Is that correct? Yeah. Besa what, has, what, do, what do they want? They had like five votes in Parliament. Uh, they were trying to replace Dui as the more honest, not not as corrupt, the new party, <laughs> yeah. which is not very difficult to <laughs> to to run as the uh, less corrupt party compared to uh, to Dui. <laughs> True. Uh, and they're Erdoganist essentially. They they uh, you know they had this big thing when Erdogan's uh, coup was uh, defeated. They were celebrating, etc. So now they want to amend the constitutional law, which. Uh, is uh, here to support the constitutional amendments, which defines uh, the nationality of the country as Macedonian forward slash citizen of the Republic of North Macedonia. This was negotiated between Zaev and Tsipras. It took uh, a while to have it negotiated. It's meant to be like a dignified formula in which uh, this is very important for Zaev as well. He insisted that this Macedonian means that Greeks accepts that we are Macedonian. But then he would turn around and tell them, but again, of course, it only means citizens, not uh, citizen of Macedonia, not nationality. But then he'll turn to Macedonians and say, yes, but this guarantees that Greece accepts our ethnic identity. And then he'll go back to the Greeks and say, no, it's the citizenship, just a legal contract. Right. He's he's talking out of both sides of his mouth. Of course. But now Besa is calling calling him out on it, and they say, well, if it is the ethnic Macedonians and we're ethnic Albanians, then, you know, remove it and just say citizen of the Republic of North Macedonia. So we do not have Albanians 
designated as Macedonians. We do not want that. So, right. So, so as, if I'm understanding you correctly, then what the, the Bessa party is asking for is a removal of the word Macedonian or Macedonians, yeah. plural, from the Constitution. Is that correct? Uh, from the uh, law which will be uh, accompanying the constitutional amendments and based on which we will issue passports saying Macedonian in the future. And, you know, this is the point where we say, well, uh, this is in the Ohr, in the Prespa agreement. And uh, this the Greeks already accepted this, this for- formula. Uh, but if we now delete it on our own accord, the Greeks will say, well, great, you yourselves acknowledge you're not Macedonians. Right. Interesting. Well, we'll see what uh, what uh, the uh, so-called prime minister will come up with in, in dealing with uh, Bessa. I guess he's got between now and tomorrow. Um, yeah, it could all be a ploy, actually. Uh, the thing is that uh, uh, this is also opening uh, not only the eight members of parliament who, who left Vemera and voted with Zayef initially, and they're all blackmailed and bribed and their companies are getting numerous public contracts and their criminal charges are being removed, uh, thrown out by court or uh, through law. But now they're, they're trying to regain some of their good name and they're saying we will vote against this deal because what BESA demands is outrageous. But a side effect is it's also opening uh, additional Wimmer members of parliament. And remember, 15 of them are charged directly, not only these eight people. To say, well, I'm going to join with, with Zaev, uh, I'm going to cash in, I'm going to you know, have my criminal charges removed, etc. But on the surface of it, I will come out and I will say, I'm doing this so I can stop this outrageous demand by Besa. And many people are saying, well, listen, this is a bit too choreographed. This, is, uh, this smells too much like Ambassador Bailey's work and he's uh, engineering a conflict at one end and then... Uh, so as to give an opportunity to members of parliament to come out as saviors. Uh, on the other end, uh, Lubcha Gergievsky is already out calling on members of parliament from Vemera to do just this, which all smells a lot fishy to, to observers. Hmm, interesting. By the way, where is where is uh, uh, our so-called ambassador, Jess Bailey? I, I, he hasn't tweeted much. Um, I, I believe he came back here to the States for Christmas, and... Uh, a friend of mine uh, that uh, used to work in the State Department, uh, uh, kind of a high-ranking uh, member, uh, mentioned that you know, tip oftentimes at the end of uh, somebody's term, and it's the end of Bailey's term, is that the State Department will bring them in, but they'll still be the ambassador in name, but they won't physically be there. And and I don't, I hear that he's not around there. Is has, have you seen hide or hair of him? For some reason, he has not invited me to the embassy, so I'm assuming that. Uh... <laughs> That he's not in the country. Uh, he had this horrendous interview in which he essentially, uh, this time the amnesty is good, this time the amnesty is great, you can adopt a law on amnesty so long as the people who are being amnestied vote our way in parliament. So this was one of the uh, points in, his, in the interview he did for Radio Free Europe, an unsigned interview but by the journalist. There was no question about his previous scandal when he washed his hands off of the political persecution of the Wimmera members in parliament. Uh, but yeah, he, he's, he, this was the only uh, proof of life we've had from, uh, from Jess Bailey so far. So far. Uh, but apparently his uh, former deputy, David Stevenson, he was mentioned today as uh, allegedly being in the parliament, twisting arms, uh, 
making offers you cannot refuse to members of parliament and doing everything you know that, that needs to be done to have this sausage all uh, ground up and uh, and I, I, we were even joking that he is probably even now that the number is up to 80 81 uh, he's probably even losing track which member of parliament he's bribing and which one he's blackmailing with criminal it's hard to keep up, keep up. <laughs> who are you again I'm, I'm supposed to give you the money or I'm, I'm, am I supposed to give you the get out of jail free card? <laughs> oh, some of them get both. Kristo Mukovsky got both, so good for him. Yeah, yeah. David Stevenson, what a uh, what a toady. Um, and Bailey. So yeah, I mean, you know, let's be honest. Ambassador Jess Bailey is the son of a bitch, mm. and uh, it'll be it'll be good when when he's formally removed as ambassador and gone and. Uh, I'm sorry that uh, that uh, he has uh, been there all these years and has been doing all these things to Macedonia. Yeah, it's possibly irreparable. And another hilarious point in his interview, when, while uh, driving home the point that we need this reconciliation, as it's called, uh, he said, well, listen, I'm observing all this anger around, all this resentment in the country. People are divided politically even more than they should be divided ethnically or religiously. And, you know, this needs to be overcome. And, you know, this is the guy who spent years literally funding uh, dark public relation campaigns to uh, make Macedonians hate Macedonians, make Albanians hate Macedonians, accuse Vimera of all sorts of crimes uh, completely uh, without evidence or without basis. Uh, they, they, I mean, I'm absolutely assured that they had psychological operatives on hand to um, make up what would be the most horrendous slander and lie about Grevsky and the people around him, so that uh, which would have the maximum effect on the population to uh, motivate the protests. And all of a sudden he comes out and says, oh no, there is so much hatred, hatred in this country. How come? I mean, this is... God, I mean, this this is really, I don't know, this is... Yeah, well, as we've, as Svetin, as we've talked about on this podcast before, and as I've written numerous times, and it's not just Jess Bailey, it's it's other Western ambassadors there as well, but I think that he's really led the charge, and, and he has contributed to this uh, atmosphere in which the Macedonian people really no longer put their faith in democracy as a concept uh, and as a philosophy he has contributed uh, to the fact that Macedonians have really lost faith in democratic institutions and in, mm-hmm. in the government and the judiciary in even in the military and in, in, in the army I think unfortunately mm-hmm. uh, certainly in the in the in the police um, he has contributed um, to the fact that Macedonians really you know don't have a very high uh, under uh, belief or or or, or uh, uh, what's the right word I'm looking for? They don't have a high appreciation for you know NATO and the European Union, the two institutions that the government ostensibly wants to join. Uh, he has contributed to the fact that there has been a an even greater um, rise in the level of distrust between the ethnic groups in Macedonia and between the political parties between. You know the two main ones, Vomero and Sirisum. He has really done a lot of damage in Macedonia uh, to and, and contributed to this this demise in the, the faith in the West. 
And I lay that squarely at his feet, along with, you know, Charles Garrett and some of the other uh, ambassadors and former ambassadors there. And then he goes and he asks questions, as you're saying, you know, why all of this anger and angst and frustration? Well, it's because of the strong arm tactics that the that the U.S. Embassy, that the European Union as a whole, that the, the various individual member states of the European Union represented there in Macedonia, that NATO, etc. These strong arm tactics, these the, the Balkan methods, as uh, Johannes Hahn said, that have been used uh, to as a, as a cudgel to force Macedonia uh, into something that it doesn't want. To be in, which is a, a change of its name, its identity, its constitution, its heritage, its, its language, history, culture, everything, and that's no way to build a consensus. Yeah, precisely. I mean, they he inherited a country which was uh, over eighty, likely ninety percent supportive of EU and NATO membership, of course, under dignified terms, uh, and uh, eventually he holds a referendum on joining EU, NATO, and accepting this the deal he negotiated, essentially, and I assume the uh, other U.S. ambassador in Athens. And 36% of the people show up, and this after so much ballot stuffing. And out of this 36%, uh, you know, you clearly do not have the majority of Macedonians on board, not by a long shot. You're, you have to fill up the numbers by ballot stuffing in the Albanian districts. It's a complete disaster for what should be one of the policies of the U.S. government, uh, winning hearts and minds for your uh, positions in the future uh, of uh, leading this region uh, forward. And uh, Right. Just what you don't want to have in NATO or in the European Union is a, is a the population of a, of a nation that really hates you and is angry with you for what you have done to them. And that's exactly what is happening with Macedonia. It's what happened with Montenegro. I know we've mm. talked about this before, that 36% of the population of Montenegro wanted to join NATO, the rest did not. And then you had Milo Djukanovic, who was the off-and-on prime minister president for a quarter of a century in Montenegro, well-known criminal, cigarette smuggler, etc. And yet, they forced Montenegro into NATO. Um, there was a great article today by uh, one of these leftist SDSM supporters internationally, and he says, well, listen, hang on, everybody, what we're doing here is we're bringing all these countries in, but then we get Salvini and uh, the Polish guy and the Hungarian guy, they're running the place, and you know, it's uh, the only option for us, if they're so insistent, and Merkel today in Athens, and uh, you know, even Trump administration officials coming and saying, join NATO, join NATO, well, okay, if you, if you so insist, our way forward is to embrace this thing, embrace the rot, we'll be in, and if it's acceptable to lie, cheat, uh, you know, issue pardons around, uh, steal money, we'll, we'll do this on the European level, we'll blackmail you for every vote, we'll try to muscle in as much as we can. Uh, after a while, it's no longer going to be your union, it's going to be our union. And by our, I mean the worst representatives of our own people, with the worst deficiencies from the several past totalitarian systems we've endured. We have really elements in Zayev's rule of both Ottoman-style corruption and communist-era uh, totalitarianism and quashing of opposition. And this is what you'll get inside. And after a while, I guarantee you, we will be there with... Hungary and uh, Poland and Italy and whoever is uh, uh, the nationalist flavor of the month. And instead of, you know, Poland saving Hungary from uh, Article 7, you know, the sanctions in EU procedure, we'll be there, we'll be demanding Article 7 
procedures in Germany for violating the borders rule or whatever. It will be our union, it will no longer be theirs if we join under these circumstances, under these conditions, which is by using the worst among us. Right. Uh, excellent points. Excellent points. And and I think, you know, this is something I've been reading a lot about and, and thinking about and studying over the past several years, and especially, uh, you know, given the situation that's, that's going on in Macedonia and in, in Europe in general, and of course, looking at Brexit and whatnot, it's almost like... Um, the uh, the ho- the EU is almost like the Hotel California. You can check in any time you want, but you can never leave. Mm. Uh, and we see the difficulties that that the the British are having in in actually getting out, despite the fact that they voted to get out. And in the case that's in, in, on the one hand, and then the other hand, we have the case of Macedonia that that says it. You know, Macedonians say they want in the European Union and NATO, but but not at any price. And so the uh, the elites in the European Union and NATO and the U.S. to a degree have said, okay, well. We're going to get you in no matter what, despite that price, and they're going about it in, in in a manner in which they're creating enemies, and they're going to have enemies in if you know if all if this all goes according to their plans, they're going to have enemies inside the tent, hmm. and they won't be pissing out of the tent; they'll be pissing inside of the tent. Sure, when they lead the charge in the proverbial future conflict with Russia or whatever, and I see some people are calling for this, you know, a lot of their casualties are going to be shot from the back. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay, we, we got that out of our systems. Let's uh, see what else is on the on the list. And, whoa, look, my list is all full of uh, more rants about uh, the name issue and the parliament thing. Good for us. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, and you're there. You're, you're the man on the ground, on the scene. Uh, and it's been snowing there, hasn't it? Oh, yeah, it's beautiful. It's cold? It's cold and snowing? It's beautiful, it's very cold, and the people protesting in front of the parliament are really, you know... Uh, it's really bitterly cold, and uh, but you know you have to do this. It's uh, make or break at this point. It's uh, uh, tomorrow. Should, you know, could very easily be the D day or the end day, the day of North Macedonia. Right. Uh, which, of course, you know, thinking people around the world will never say that. Um, except Angela Merkel, Muti Merkel, who apparently is not a thinking person because apparently she is. Uh, she is in Athens today. I think she's there tomorrow. She gave a number of interviews uh, in one. Um, uh, press conference, she said, uh, quote, North Macedonia three times. Mm. Actually, the quote is, here's the exact quote, I just found it here on the interwebs. Um, she says, quote, I believe a North Macedonia solution creates clarity and allows North Macedonia the opportunity to join NATO and the EU. It also helps Greece. It gives Euro-Atlantic prospects for the Western Balkan states. It benefits not only North Macedonia, but Greece and Europe, unquote. In quote, she told reporters at a joint press conference. So, so it's already, you know, part of the German plan yeah, to um, to start calling it North Macedonia even before the bodies are warm. No, we haven't been killed yet. We're still alive here, you know. You're still alive, right? Yes, it's 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 a, Mon- it's a Monty Python skit. I'm not dead yet. Yeah. Uh, you'll be shut up. You'll be stone dead in five minutes. Um, yeah, and and then basically that is Germans always plan ahead. Yeah, that's that's part of the Germans. That's that's true. We'll give them credit for that. They're, they 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 always plan ahead. Of course, you know, if if all of their plans come together, uh, you know, a unified and complete European Union with all of the states of Europe in it, whether they like it or not, will then constitute the Fourth Reich. Of course, um, which is probably what their plan is. But going back to that's down the road. Going back to what Merkel said here about North Macedonia, I I do think that is part of the plan 
of certainly the German government. Um, it'll be very interesting to see, assuming that there's a, a vote passed tomorrow in, in the Macedonian parliament, how quickly the individual so-called sovereign nation-states of Europe, as well as the Obama State Department and others, start using the term North Macedonia. Well, in German, it's even worse. In German, it's North Macedonian. It's one word. It's not even... One word. Yeah. Okay, interesting. We yes. Can't even hope Get a language for, lesson here. Can't even hope for, you know, for a language designation of North Macedonian, or, you know, Macedonian without the North. It will be North Macedonian language. It will be the North Macedonian folks. But there was a climb down, you saw this today, with Manfred Weber, who is her handpicked, apparently, future head of the European Commission. So this morning he was uh, speaking to this far-left uh, news site in Brussels, and he was saying, yes, finally, Firom, as he calls us, join, uh, you know, EU, whatever, accept this name deal. But they have... Uh, uh, new Democracy, the Greek opposition party, the Conservative Party, which is member of the EPP of Manfred Weber's party, uh, you know, Pan-European Party. European People's Party. Yeah, they oppose this. And uh, uh, by the evening, apparently, the New Democracy people, Mitsotakis, Bakoyane, who actually, you know, uh, submitted the veto against Macedonia in Bucharest in uh, 2008, and they forced him to climb down from this position. And he's now saying there was no interview. Uh, I understand the position of, uh, you know, new democracy. They will lead Greece to prosperity, blah, blah, blah. I understand their sensitivity on firearm. So, you know, Merkel is meeting a new democracy apparently this evening or tomorrow, and she will either break them or they break her, depending on who is more involved in this. I don't get what she gets out of this. I mean, after all the experience she had with the Greeks, she now wants desperately to bring in the poorer and undersized, even more corrupt Greek cousins into the Union. I mean, what good will she, will she get out of this? I have no idea. This is, this is a disease. This is a cult. Uh, to keep expanding the Union and keep reinforcing it inside. I don't know, does she want to be the next European Council president and then rule over? Why, why couldn't we just be in a trade union without any you know, further political association. It's better for us, it's better for them. We won't be stealing that much of their money. And I mean, God. You, you mentioned, you, you said the word cult there, and it, that's what it is. It's part of the cult of global governance, in which, at least in the West, and this is primarily the countries of Europe and the United States, as well as, you know, Canada, Australia, New Zealand, etc., would all be a part of this cult of global governance, where everybody... Uh, the, the laws um, and the framework are, are designed by the elites within these these countries and institutions, and they will be basically, you know, forced on on the world. Certainly, on the independent sovereign nation states that are going to lose their sovereignty under this cult of global governance, um, and those that don't want to be a part of this don't have a choice. You, you will, you, we we will have peace and. We will, if, if you don't want the peace that we offer, we will force it upon you, yes. which, of course, is an oxymoron. So maybe that's what she's going for. You're right. I don't know. We'll, we'll have to wait and see on that. Now, there were great comments today by both uh, Mitskovsky and Gruevsky, who wrote from Budapest, and they were both making the point, we are for EU, we are for NATO. Not like this, not under these terms. You know, Gruevsky literally said this, I was working so hard for this, uh, for a dignified, fair solution, but at one point, and he was apparently told by the Germans as well, directly that if there's there has to be a deal and this deal is going to be everything that the greeks wanted nothing you want 
uh, you'll get nothing out of this. Uh, even though, you know, no, no domestic use of Republic of Macedonia or Macedonian, everything they want, you will get this. And he said, this is going to be a complete uh, treason. This is going to be complete betrayal of Macedonian national interests. He writes this. And this is why I didn't do it. Because on top of this, you will get the BESA demands that there are no Macedonians in the constitution. You're going to get like a million other things we will, which will not be reported, yeah. such as allocation of resources, public hiring, etc., within the country, which is going to be outsized, uh, influenced by the now newfound Albanian political power, now that basically we have a government which is not elected by ethnic Macedonians, which... Uh, the majority of ethnic Macedonians are in the opposition, do not support the government. This is, there is going to be like a million additional things on top of this. And Gruevski understood this, and he realized this, and this is why he would not uh, sign on, uh, you know, he, at one point he says, I know well, addressing the SDSM members of parliament, what pressures are in, in place, and he's essentially saying, I, uh, you know, you can trust me, I know how, what pressures were exerted against me by, you know, we're assuming Germans, uh, the Obama administration, Americans, everybody. And Mitskovsky had the same point as well. We do not get to join the EU with these kangaroo trials, with these manufactured charges, with arresting the entire opposition. This is exactly the opposite of European values. Yeah, yeah, European values. Yeah, joke. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna mention them, mention them as cynically as we used to say, brotherhood and unity, brat, bratstvo jedinstvo in Yugoslavia. It, quickly morph to brotherhood and bratstvo ubistvo, brotherhood and murder. Uh, yeah, that's okay. These, these, these elites, they'll, they'll see in the end, but in the end, they're going to bring everything down with them. I mean, they're not uh, going to only see at the end. Uh, and, you know, both you and me have uh, this pretty much similar view of what's coming next, both in the afterlife and, you know, me having lived through the collapse of a totalitarian, centrally run uh, leftist system, you know, I uh, also have an idea of what comes before the the ever after. And, you know, they're, they're very... Uh, somebody was joking today that... Uh, oh, it was uh, Hans uh, uh, Vandenberg. He, he made this point that, you know, we are all already... We have already dispatched our uh, Vemero leader in exile to Budapest to organize this uh, future union of... Uh, Italy and Hungary and Poland, etc., will already be an integral part of this uh, Visegrad plus plus or whatever we're going to call it. And this is what they're going to get. This is what's coming to them soon, not uh, not in the future. We will not be in the European Parliament, but we are, you know, uh, inspiring this to a significant degree. And uh, we are uh, both leaders and followers in this process. It's I don't. I. I have no idea what. What. What's their end game? Um, yeah. I. They. I don't think. I mean. I think their end game is this attempt to create heaven on earth, since they don't actually believe in heaven, the real one. Heaven on earth, and with them as the high priests and the high priestesses of this cult of global governance, uh, with everybody bowing down and obeying them. Um, uh, all. All done, of course, with taxpayer money. Um, that's that's their end goal. They they just want to live for earthly pleasures and prestige because there is no hereafter. That's what they're after now. Oh well, we've actually run this podcast uh, in the form of an extended rant, and you know, I'm sure our dozens of listeners will understand. Will it's understand. been cathartic for us to get it out of our system. We have to. We have to. Bloody hell. 
we have to keep some structure to it. Well, we, we are uh, almost out of time. We, we're going to do the farmer's picks at the end. Uh, uh, I'm going to, I can go with, uh, <laughs> again, I've uh, developed this taste for using, uh, for giving the listeners a flavor of Macedonian social media in the end of the podcast. And there is nobody better at this. There's this, uh, I don't know if you know him. He was on Twitter, then migrated on Facebook. Martin Tolovsky, he was oh, yeah. essentially not pretending, but he looked like, you know, he was assuming the identity of uh, Martin Prutiger, the oh, uh, right. famous uh, political advisor to Gruevsky, but a very, or maybe a slightly darker personality for <laughs> than, than Prutiger. And, you know, he had this great, great comment today. We are going back to this BESA discussion that, uh, well, now that the Albanians are demanding an arm and a leg and everything from us, uh, that now the eight members of parliament from Vimera, they are, uh, you know, saving us from uh, even worse, even a worse deal than the one Zayev negotiated with the Greeks by not voting for it, etc. And uh, he made this point, well, okay, thank you, you know, for doing this. But he said, the eight members of parliament do not have to defend our identity this way. It will be enough for them to kill themselves and then there will be no... Uh, amendment to the constitution so something to think about mm. oh that is about. dark yep. that is dark yes so and then he had another great thing you know uh, after the uh, there was actually a major development after the Gruevsky Facebook comment uh, Gordana and Kulovska responded to him on Facebook denouncing him essentially his right hand his closest confidant she's now accusing him of missing opportunities to resolve this thing, uh, I assume, you know, in, in a better way. Right. And, and, and Martin just responds, Dear Hugh Grant, you know, this famous thing when she was recorded saying how she loves watching Hugh Grant movies to unwind, and, uh, you know, it's this entire comment, but it starts, Dear Hugh, I'm here writing to you all. <laughs> I mean, it's not easy for her. She's facing all, all sorts of charges. She's likely being forced to to do this, I mean, it's, uh, but yeah, it's, uh, you gotta get your laughs when you can in this situation. Indeed. So that's your farmer's pick? Yep. And I'm sticking to it. Okay. All right. That's your farmer's pick. My farmer's pick, I've got two because they're short, uh, both from Twitter. One is from a Twitter user, uh, Jovan Mateski. Um, and he, there was a, uh, uh, a media article going around that, you know, listed uh, with a graphic that listed the seven steps to NATO membership. So he took it and he he uh, added his own uh, thoughts to it, and he came up with his own seven steps to NATO membership. One, change your name. Two, change your identity. Mm. Three, give away your human rights. Four, give away your history. Five, ignore the will of the people. Six, openly show contempt for your own country. Seven, full membership, maybe. <laughs> and that that's true. That sums it up. My second farmer's pick uh, is. Uh, is a, a gift from uh, the uh, former, or no, sorry, the current min, uh, foreign minister of uh, Macedonia, Nikolai Dimitrov, who tweeted out yesterday, quote, New year, new hope. May all states lead by example in clearing the snow in front of our doors. Let us shovel together in facing common challenges to pave the way for a safer, cleaner, and happier world in 2019. And yes, ladies and gentlemen, the foreign minister is on drugs. Uh, Those are my farmer's picks. My God, and and how? Yes, and, indeed. Um, well, since 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 Nicola did uh, reference um, New Year, New Hope in his tweet there, and I know we have old New Year's coming up next week. 
where Macedonians and and uh, members of the Orthodox uh, faith will celebrate Old New Year's. So uh, maybe it's appropriate to wish you a happy uh, Old New Year's. Thank you. Uh, happy New Year to all the listeners. Old New Year to all the listeners. And let's uh, let's leave them with this cheerful thought, especially the the ones who are doing all of this and in, uh, and pushing us in all this in this direction that will keep it up and will do you in worse than you did us <laughs> and it's not it's Love a it. fact. it's not a threat it's a fact yeah yeah great hey Svetin always great talking with you and uh, discussing these things and uh, and uh, we'll look forward to talking to you soon likewise take care buddy <laughs>